I'm Michael Foster with It's Good to Be a Man. This is our second bonus episode for our Patreon subscribers or supporters. Thank you for supporting the work we do at It's Good to Be a Man. Now, I want to talk to you guys about mornings and evenings. These are some practices that I've put in place to help lead my family. And I want to talk to you first off about family religion or family devotions. Not every Christian tradition puts an emphasis on this, but uh, the Puritans, the Reformed, they, they tend to, and it's one of the more requested topics when we ask men, hey, what would you like us to write on and talk about? Hey, how do you lead your family in worship? So let me explain what I do. There's been a real effort to recover this practice in, in many circles, and I've seen some men online posting their family's liturgy, the order of worship for their family worship, and it's quite long and seems, well, Edmund Morgan wrote a great book called The Puritan Family. I highly recommend it. It's a short book. Uh, he himself is not a Christian, but a good author when it comes to stating what Puritans actually believe. He says, Every morning immediately upon rising and every evening before retiring, a good Puritan father led his household in prayer, in scriptural reading, and in singing of psalms. Whenever they sat down at a table together, he offered thanks to the Lord. Then he goes on to say, None of these devotions was supposed to be long. Although the Puritans enjoyed two-hour sermons on the Sabbath, they tried to avoid prolixity in their family services. Cotton Mather says of John Cotton that he always read a chapter of Scripture to his family every morning and every evening with a little uh, applicatory exposition before and after which he made a prayer. But he was very short in all, counting as Mr. Dodd, Mr. Baines, and other great saints did before him, that it was a thing inconvenient many ways to be tedious in family duties. And so tediousness, you don't want that in your, your family devotions. I think it will get in the way of you doing it and certainly not make it enjoyable for the whole family. And there's a tendency to do nothing or be overzealous whenever you do. These are two ditches that we tend to fall into. Now, neither are good when it comes to family worship. Cotton strikes me as a solid example of plotting consistency. The goal should be to make scripture reading, prayer, and praise a normal part of your home. And it's unwise, in my estimation, to recreate something like an entire Sunday service. I think that will end up being tedious. You won't fall through on it. It'll keep you from starting. People will hate it. You want it to be enjoyable. So here's my my approach. It's it's really simple. This is what I do. This started about 18, what, 18 months ago. We really got this down. And for a long time, I tried to do family devotions in the evening. And I would get two or three nights out of the week. I really failed. It just didn't work. Our church has things going on Wednesdays every week. And sometimes men we have men's events on Fridays and women's on Tuesdays, and my kids were in karate on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It just made it very difficult to pull it off in the evening. So we started to switch to the morning, and it, it worked really well. It was uh, what we needed to do. So my approach is this. I read a portion of scripture, and I start it when my kids are halfway through their breakfast. I do this because I have small children. Uh, my oldest is about to become a teenager, but it goes all the way down to about one and a half. Uh, so the light distraction of eating cereal actually helps them pay attention to me when I talk. After I finish reading, I ask them a few questions about the passage. What you know? What what's the main point of this passage? What stuck out to you? Any of this weird to you? Any of this funny? Uh, what do you think this is about? What's the main point? Just questions like that. And uh, then I'll I'll talk to them. I'll chat with them. 
make a few applications, and then I'll close with prayer. And that's it. It takes 10 to 15 minutes. Sometimes I go long. Sometimes it goes 30 minutes. I won't lie, but that that's very rare. It just depends on where we're at as a family. And so we follow this pattern Monday through Friday. We don't do it on Saturdays. Me and my wife sleep in on Saturdays. And on Sundays, we have Sunday school and church and evening service. So I find that Monday through Friday, that sets the rhythm for the work week, and that's something we can keep to. I would like to add uh, praise to our time together, singing, but we haven't really done that yet. Now, my kids do sing hymns as part of their homeschool curriculum with my wife, but right now my main goal is to be consistent and to get the kids to participate. Let's see. Again, my goal is consistency and participation. Uh, So you need to find a time that consistently works for your family. Evenings didn't work for us. The main thing is you want to have momentum. So for us, it took switching to mornings to have a real breakthrough. That meant I had to change my entire way of, of living. I'm a night owl, but now I wake up very early in the morning. So when I'm disciplined, I'm waking up about five. Um, now, that this time change that just happened really screwed with me. So I'm getting up at like 6.15. I got to get back to that discipline. But that gives me time to order my thoughts, be ahead of my family, get get the coffee brewing, get the, the table set up, and then wake up my family and, and do our devotions. That may work for you. It may not. To each his own. Uh, the other thing is participation. I want my kids to interact with the text. So I like to ask lots of simple questions. What What is the passage about? What is it telling us to do or not to do? You know, what doesn't make sense to you? And again, I want to keep it short. I don't want to see any eyes glazing over. So uh, 10, 15 verses on average is what I'll read. It just depends. And I also like to go through uh, the historical passages, descriptive passages, uh, when you get into didactic stuff like Romans or Ephesians, that's good as they're 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 older, but you're probably gonna have to go through a little bit slower, have some better illustrations, um, be better at explaining it. Where you're going through like the Gospels, or we're going through Acts right now as a family, it's a little easier for kids to follow a- along because it's not abstract. So if you're just getting started and you have younger kids, you may want to focus on the historical. Uh, descriptive portions of scripture. And there's a lot of that, right? So just find one that works for you. So that's what I do in the mornings. And that's been, that's really changed the whole flow of our family. And I recommend that you figure out a way to do family devotions. It sets the tone for your home. It makes your uh, home a, a culture that's built around scripture. I hear my kids reference whatever we've read. They'll say, oh, that's just like Ananias and Sapphira or whatever. So you're building that into your home. Now, the other thing I've I've learned to do is uh, when I come home, I used to want a time of decompression, a time just to kick back, relax, to process my day. I've always worked in communication-heavy fields, whether it's been sales or collections or now as a pastor. I spend a lot of time talking to people. And I am fairly extroverted, but even extroverts have their limits limits where you've talked about as much as you can and you don't want to talk anymore. So I would arrive home and I would always be overstimulated and I'd disappear to my office or to my bedroom and my wife would want to talk to me. You know, I had this trouble with Hudson or I had this, I need you to address this, this discipline issue or what happened in your day? Tell me what, what's going on in your day. 
and my kids would rush, my kids would rush the car. So I'm talking, to, I'm like driving home, talking to someone on the phone and I pull up in the driveway and, and the kids surround my car and knock on the windows and they just want to talk and tell me about their day or they have something that they want to do that requires my permission. And I, I just want space. I, I was fried. I'd say, give me a fan, you know, give me a moment, like give me a second to process what's going on. And I, slowly came to see this was a missed opportunity. It really was a failure of leadership. When I re-enter my home after a long day of work, it's an opportunity to form the, the culture of my home. So it's, um, it's, it's not enough to provide resources. You don't just go out and work and bring home the bacon. What you have to offer your family that's even more important or an extension of this is your leadership. When you come home, you've got to lead your family. And your re-entry is a a place where you have an opportunity to provide leadership. So here's three habits that I've adopted. One, I don't listen to anything on the way home from work. I used to drive and listen to music or podcasts or something like that. Now I just keep it pretty quiet. I'll pray. I'll organize my thoughts. Uh, I'll prepare myself to do some more work. So as I'm coming home, I'm processing where I'm at. That way I don't need that decompression time when I get home. I did a lot of that decompressing on the drive home. If you have a short drive, you might just want to sit in your car when you get out of work and think through things there. So my second habit uh, starts the moment I walk through the door. When I get home, I ask my wife if there were were any needs, any discipline or pastoral issues that needed a father's touch. Uh, You'll find that, especially if you have boys, that there's a certain point where, one, a mom's spanking will not affect boys. It just will not hurt them. Also, they will not, they'll they'll buck against the authority of a woman, and they'll need the father's correction. So you want to come home and provide that right away. And uh, I, I start that the moment I walk through the door. Say, hey, Emily, what can I do to help? You know, not what can I do to help with the dishes? <laughs> not that I don't, I, I wouldn't do that, but what can only a father do? And how can I do that right now? So there's just many situations in which a mother needs the father to step in. So jump on those. So after dealing with my kids, I moved to my, my third habit, which is telling my wife something about my day. She's been with kids all day. She hasn't had adult conversation. It's she's been schooling. It's been pretty intense. Also, my wife, my wife does so many chores at home, uh, and she makes it possible for me to extend my mission to go and work at the church. She's a big part of that, and I want her to know what she is allowing to happen, what she's accomplishing by being my my helpmate. So in other words, my wife's grocery shopping and food prep and taking care of the kids and a lot of the household chores allows me to go to work. And she is uh, my support team. So I'm going out there as a representative of our household and accomplishing things. And she's part of that. And I think that's a lot of times why a woman wants to know about your day. What are we doing? What are we doing as a household? What What is my support helping you accomplish, husband? Tell me about your day. So involve her, encourage her, help her see what her hard work is making possible. I do see a lot of complementarian pastors chiding men for not doing the dishes or laundry or something like that. And I'm going to be honest with you. I rarely do laundry and I rarely do dishes. Now, I pick up my laundry. I pick up my dishes. I, I, I'm not a child. My wife married a man. 
and I'm going to act like a man. And a man orders his environment. He cleans up after himself. But I'm, and I'm not above it. It's just my wife usually has those things under control. Plus me coming home, fathering my kids and encouraging my wife is going to do 10,000 times more for the well-being of our household than washing some dishes. So you can do it, but come on. Really, that's what she needs. My household doesn't need a second mother. It needs a father. So these are the habits that I've found that, that help me get to that work the moment I walk through the door. It's about me dominating my household in a godly way, bringing that fatherly discipline that she can't bring and encouraging my wife by sharing with her what we're doing as a family, as a household. So just look for all the different ways you can seize opportunities to lead your home whether it's devotions in the morning or how you re-enter your home. These are simple habits I've developed and after years of failure, to be quite honest. So find something that works for you. Love your family. Love your wife. Build a holy culture. Take it one step at a time. Be incremental in putting these things out there. The most important thing is that you're consistent and uh, you build a holy culture. All right. Until next time, I'm out. <laughs>